Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I am your host, Sean Needham, and my wife will be with us shortly. And we are streaming live from the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy Studio, and I'm super excited to have Dr. Amy Beard on today. As you know, we discuss that often on this podcast, and I talk about it in my book, um, you know, it's thickened how the government ruined healthcare and how to fix it. And in that six-step solution, um, in chapter six, actually, it discusses step number one is to um, educate and empower individuals to take charge of their own health. Individuals have to be take charge of their own health in order to have the best health outcomes. The, our healthcare system is not going to make you better. In fact, it makes you sicker, and I'll bet you Dr. Beard has some um, opinions on that today. So, Dr. Beard, without fr- and welcome to our show, Janet. Um, and Dr. Beard, without further ado, um, go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us your story. Sure, and, and thanks for having me on, and it's great to see your wife, finally. <laughs> Uh, I keep hearing about this Janet person, and now I get to see her. Um, And so, yeah, so my my journey is like a lot of other functional medicine practitioners. Uh, We had our own um, stint, should we say, with the medical system, um, where it seemed like it was not helping us, but only harming us. And so I can remember even from the time, uh, you know, being a a small child, having lots of health issues, going to the doctor a lot of, you know, uh, all the time, getting antibiotics, this medication, this medication. It was just seemed like it was just, that was my life. It was doctor's visits, specialist visits, more pharmaceuticals. And, um, and it, it really, in my thirties, um, I was met with the, you know, an MS diagnosis. I had been through all these problems. Nothing worked. Um, Then, you know, all of a sudden, yes, we think you have MS. Um, And then, lo and behold, a few months later, I had uh, most of my colon removed because it didn't work anymore. And... And that was supposed to get rid of a lot of my problems. Uh, It didn't. Um, More things uh, started happening. And um, it, it was a very lonely time, a time of despair. And this was over years and years and years of um, of chronic medical conditions. And, you know, I had been through medical school, still no answers, residency, still no answers. And it was a chance meeting with a functional medicine physician um, at my practice at the time. I had a concierge medical practice. And uh, she I don't know how she ended up in my office, but she did. And we started talking about things that I had never heard in medical school or residency. And it was um, it, it, it made me curious about this functional medicine thing she kept saying. And at the time, she was a certified practitioner. She was also an internist in um, Oklahoma. And so I decided to check it out. You know, what did I have to lose? Because she kept saying, I really think this is going to help you with your problems, Amy, and so and, and your practice and your patients. Because for me, it was all about trying to help patients, right? That's why we went into these fields that we did was to help people, empower people. Um, and so I signed up for the first um, functional medicine course that I I could attended and was so shocked at the the other people that were there. I was expecting a lot of, um, for lack of a better word, a bunch of hippies. Um, <laughs> you know, because that's yeah, what right. that's what we're groomed to think. You know, we've been there, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and it wasn't. It was it was a lot of other um, healthcare providers like myself, and I 
I had I heard so many unique, compelling things at that conference that I signed up for every one I could after that day and and decided right then and there to pursue functional medicine training and certification and began slowly incorporating those principles into my practice and seeing the positive results from it that really said, wow, I am on to something. And I was noticing you know, uh, positive results in my own health from using those principles. So I wasn't using my patients as guinea pigs. I was using myself first and realizing that, wow, this stuff works. And, it, and the stuff that works was really just common sense approaches to health and well-being. So tell us for our listeners and viewers that, that might not know, tell us what functional medicine is. Sure. Um Functional medicine is simply an approach to uncovering and addressing the root causes and mediators of chronic disease. It's not a specialty or anything like that. It's just an entirely different way of approaching someone's health issues. Instead of just um, giving them a pharmaceutical to treat a symptom or a lab value, we're trying to understand what the ultimate causes are that are contributing to that, that symptom. Right, Janet, do you have any uh, questions for Dr. Beard? I do. So most commonly I hear from our industry or from the medical side is, doesn't that take a lot of time? You know, isn't this really time consuming? Because in our, our practice right now, patients hardly have any time to really sit down and, and work with our clients. So how does that play out for you? Yes, you will invest some time up front. Right. You need you need the time to understand the patient's history and their lifestyle. That takes some time. That takes some digging, some investigation. But if if you can just consider it as it, it the time as an investment up front and all the time you will be saving from going to the doctor and the pharmacy and being, you know, having to call in sick from your job. Hey, it's an easy decision. I see it, you know, from from my perspective. So give us an example of how you've treated somebody with functional medicine. Um, you know, give us a, a disease kind of example or, you know, really what functional medicine is, is you're, you're, you're fixing problems instead of treating symptoms. So give us some of those problems examples. Oh, wow. You know, it, most of our, the diseases that we face to, today as a nation and as a world, they're really diseases of immune dysregulation. Um, it really comes down to the way the immune system works. And it and the immune system is a complicated but beautiful system. And there's lots of things that, um, especially in, in, in modern times, that are contributing to this dysregulation. So we're really taking each individual person, looking at their history. We're looking at their diet, their stress, their sleep, their activity, the the medications they may be on, the surgeries that they may have had, the organs that now may be missing, and um, trying to mitigate some of those issues as best we can. But also just looking at how this, how their lifestyle uh, has formed this this perfect storm of of issues, and we just start peeling back the layers. Uh, sometimes it happens more quickly for others than it does um, some with more complicated issues, but you, you tend to get there pretty quickly. I, I would say that within about, I tell patients, just give us, give us three months, give us three months. And I know we can have a dramatic impact on, on the quality of your life. 
And that's typically the case. Now, it's not always that it's not the case for everyone, but I would say probably 75% of the patients, that's the case. So typically a patient gets about maybe 10 minutes with a client, you know, or with a, with a doctor. Tell me how long you spend with each, you know, is it on the initial you spend more or how does that play out? Because I think, I think we have a view of we're just in and out and we're afraid to even speak to our doctors Mm -hmm. for fear of we're just checking boxes. We're not, we're not communicating. We're checking boxes. Yeah. And that, that's not medicine. That's not healthcare. That is an insurance driven model of click the box. Here's your pill. Uh, And we see that it's failing us. It's been failing us for decades now and a lot. And, Fortunately, more and more people are catching on to this. We've been programmed and, and groomed to think that we have to go to the doctor, we have to take a pill, and it only takes 10 minutes to figure out what your issue is. And that is so far from the truth. Um, every new patient that comes to our practice will see me, and I spend 40 minutes face-to-face time with you discussing um, your history that I review ahead of time. We have our patients fill out um, quite a few forms. It does take time, but it's valuable information. Things that you may not think are important could be major red flags for me. And so every every new patient sees me first and foremost, and I will uh, develop an initial plan of of how I want your care to proceed. That might that may include often you seeing a health coach, right? And then you may see one of our clinicians too. It just depends on the case. But I would say that um, an overwhelming majority of the patients that come to see uh, or come to our practice really only need the guidance of a of a functional medicine trained health coach with some oversight, some clinician oversight. Um, and so uh, it's a very uh, affordable way, right. okay? As you guys probably know, function and a lot of people will see functional medicine fee schedules <laughs> and just like, oh my goodness, who can afford this? And that I get it. Uh, if you look at some of the fees that are being charged, it, charged it's it can can really um, shock you when we're so used to that insurance model where you pay your $30 copay, you're in and out in 10 minutes. This is very different. Um, And we have tried to make it as affordable as possible. I'm in Arkansas, so I kind of have to stay within those Arkansas parameters, not San Francisco, New York, Dallas, and things like that. But I am trying to, um, I, I want as many people to have access to this approach as possible. And utilizing health coaches is a very affordable and practical and realistic way to achieve that. Well, one thing we just have to get over is that, you know, insurance payment for healthcare, you already said it, it's not healthcare. It's a scam. And yeah, it's a scam. It's a total ripoff. I talk about it in my book. We talk about it on the podcast all the time, but especially employees that have their healthcare paid for by employers, you know, they're told what kind of doctor to go to, when they can go and what to pay. And they're never going to get better. In fact, they're going to get sicker. They're going to have more doctor's visits. And the whole premise of functional medicine is if you get yourself well, you're not, you know, if you as a functional medicine doctor get a patient well, they're not going to have to see you very often. Exactly. We don't want repeat customers. If we have repeat customers, we're not doing something right. Right. And, you know, Janet has said it many times before, but it's either you pay now or you pay later. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, it's really the, the insurance is the best insurance we have is how we take care of our bodies now, not some not some plan that 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 we can buy with some deductible or co-pays. Right. Um, it's how we take care of our bodies. And if we want to live a good, quality, healthy, long life, um, we'll we'll pay now. Yeah, and we ha- we all have the power to do that. You've we've been told we don't, right? We we've been told we have to depend on the system. That is a lie. It is your your lifestyle contributes to you know to the health issues you may or may not experience in your life. Um, it, and and we've been taught to think that oh, it's just our it's our genetics. We're getting older. You know, the doctors come up with all these excuses as to why their you know their potions aren't working and they can't fix you. And it always falls back to that, right? I can't tell you how many times I've heard that, or my patients will say that, and I'm like, no. That is no stop falling yep. for those lies. You can absolutely do this. I'm telling you, as someone who was diagnosed with MS and had all these chronic issues, who is now suffering from none of those issues, is on zero medications at the age of almost 49, and I'm living my best life ever. So tell us how, if you don't mind, tell us that personal story and how you reverse that because. Traditionally, in traditional medicine, um, you would have went down a, a, a horrible, horrible road, mm-hmm. and you might not even be alive now. Seriously, right. I mean, it, with with a diagnosis like MS. So, so tell us that story. So, I was a, ch- and I see this in a lot of my patients too. Is I was a child who um, suffered from chronic ear infections, which meant, guess what, antibiotics, tons and tons of antibiotics from a from a, a the time I was you know two years old. Uh, two to five, lots of antibiotics, which then, guess what? I had GI issues that developed. Imagine that. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, and then so I was getting treated for GI issues. Um, and then uh, that was as a child. And then allergies, right? Allergies developed because of poor gut health. And um, and I was, you know, the, di- the diet wasn't where it should be. Ate lots of sugar and other things as a child. Mom did th- what she thought was best. But, you know, little Debbie was was in the cabinet all the time. Um, and then, you know, as a teenager, it became um, OCD issues, acne, hyperactivity. Even though I was excelling in school, I was always a, a straight-A student, an athlete. Um, I was suffered from horrible anxiety. Then it turned into depression. And then in my 20s, it became all kinds of restless leg syndrome. Depression was worse. Um, weird rashes that would come and go. Um, and then the 30s is when I really started seeing my health just start crumbling with lots of itises and um, all kinds of specialist visits for this this problem, this problem. There was a point um, in my life when I was in my 30s uh, I was an adventure racer too. I did all those hardcore, um, hundred mile, twenty four hour competitions. Uh, did multiple ones again, stressing my body, mm-hmm, right. be just pushing it way beyond the point that it could handle. Um, and then in, in my thirties is when it just started crumbling. Of course, the stress of medical school and all that. Um, and I don't even know where I was going with this, but yeah, I ended up with an MS diagnosis and um, having most of my colon removed um, and then continued to have the same problems. Um, nobody could offer any solutions. They had no idea to tell me what was causing it. 
got some really just it seems like now looking back you know 2020 vision uh my 2020 vision now looking back was given horrible advice by a lot a lot of well-meaning physicians but the tools they had for me were harming me even um more and um one day you know it was just it was a blessing it was a godsend uh that this this doctor i mentioned um earlier walked into my practice and my life changed from that day on. Wow. It was, yeah. I didn't even go, I, I, you know, I went to, um, I did a family medicine residency in Arkansas in Fayetteville and realized quickly that what I was doing for patients was not working. Um, no one was getting better. Everybody was just uh, having the same problems and developing more problems. And I was like, this is, I, I, you know, I, I went to medical school thinking I was going to be able to, you know, f- finally be able to help people, find out how to help people get better and be healthy. And uh, I was not learning that at all. And so I decided to uh, just go straight to the ER. Once I was done with my uh, residency, I did not see myself working in a clinic, handing out prescriptions all day, treating treating symptoms. So I went to the ER and did uh, did that for a few years before I completely got burned out, realized that our system was so messed up. What was I going to do to salvage this education and all these years I had put into this? And um and started uh, just kind of exploring alternate ideas on health. And um, I was, you know, I was, I was going towards that functional medicine path before I even knew what to call it yet. And so it, w- it was the, the functional medicine doctor that walked into my practice that finally gave me a name to what I was attempting to do on my own. Wow. Um, that's a great story. Thank you for sharing that. Um, you know, we hear people all the time get a diagnosis of, not all the time, but quite frequently of uh, multiple, of MS, multiple sclerosis, and, and they go to neurologists and they go down this rabbit hole. And the next thing you know, they're taking medications and they've got all these side effects. And, you know, that the, that doesn't, doesn't have to happen. I mean, that's kind of what you're telling us. Yeah. And that's, and people need, I think a lot of people don't understand the education and training of physicians. Um, we're, we're trained to treat symptoms with pills and pharmaceuticals. Yeah. We are not taught anything, or at least I wasn't in my program about root causes and mediators of chronic disease. Um, everything I, you, you hear the word idiopathic, uh, being spoken a lot in medical school, right? Idiopathic. Uh, you never really understand why people are having these issues that they're having, but you will know what pill to give them and what labs okay. to check and what fancy procedure to offer them. Um, and, and this whole, um, just the whole way we diagnose, we give you a special name and that's where it stops in the conventional medicine model, right? We finally gave you a diagnosis, which means now we know what pill and lab to order. For me, the diagnosis is the starting point. Okay, you've got this diagnosis. What is causing it? Right. And, and what you find is that you can have the two people with the same diagnosis, but very different causes and mediators. Yeah. And then you can have the same person with, um, like, let's just say, a, um, a gluten sensitivity. Uh, you can have two people with a gluten sensitivity, yet one will express it as uh, eczema. The other one might express it as depression and anxiety. 
Right. So everybody right. is unique and you cannot treat everybody the same, which is right. what conventional medicine does. Right. It's, it's black and white. We talk about it all the time on the podcast. It's, you know, conventional medicine is black and white. You know, if your lab's X, you're okay. If it's, you know, one over X, you're not okay. And it's like, you know, this, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, patients are individuals and need to be treated as such. Right. And we've been taught us uh, that we're, we're, we're the same, you know, yeah. female, right. male, the, the, it just, the age doesn't matter. We're just all lumped together and this is what you do. And um, this is why we have found the state of our health in this country like it is. It's pathetic. It's, it's, it's sad. It's it sad. It really is. Well, really I is. think from a patient standpoint, I feel that um, you would feel robbed because you went to a professional to help you and what you've been told is probably in the long run harming your mm-hmm. end health and the solutions are things that you can be in control of. I mean, wouldn't you like to know that there are simple steps you can do with your everyday life to feel better? I mean, to me, that's uh, why we went into healthcare, not to keep putting someone down that rabbit hole of making them feel worse. Because I can tell you on the pharmacist side, I've seen so many clients that, you know, you add one more pill, you add one more pill, and they feel horrible by the end of the day. It didn't make their life any more happier or make their their health any better. So the fact that we can do things on our own every single day to me is very empowering. And that whole lie that we have to live swallowing, you know, 20 pills every day just to get through the day to me is is it's strange because humans have been on this earth much longer than <laughs> pharmaceutical companies. You know, I mean seriously. Yeah. You know, I mean ancient times Pharmacists would not have been giving you 20 pills to take in a day. Right. Or a doctor would not be prescribing oh. it. And the, also what people need to understand, too, and, and I, I can only speak of my experience in, in medical school and residency, is there is most definitely a grooming process that anything outside of what is taught in medical school or your big pharma journals is quackery, right. and it should be mocked and made fun of. And that's that's what happens. Doctors come out of their programs mocking anything that is not in their big pharma journals. And it's a shame because they're mocking. And, and I, I've done it. Okay. I, I, you know, uh, the, the person that comes in the ER who's on all of these weird herbs and stuff you've never heard of, you know, at least at the time I hadn't heard of them. And you're thinking, oh, no, this yeah. nut job. And I am embarrassed that I behaved that way and thought like that as well. Um, thank goodness I woke up because <laughs> um, they were onto something and the end we should, but, but that that's, people need to understand that that's what's happening in medical schools actively all the time is that yeah. uh, we're, we're just being trained to think this way. Well, and pharmacy schools too. Um, I can attest to that. And it's like, it's easy to get indoctrinated like that because the Big Pharma is the biggest donators to medical schools and pharmacy schools, period. So where do you think the education is going to go? Um, you know, we've talked about many times when we when we talk about people taking charge of their own health and, and maybe pharmaceuticals not being part of it. You know, when we think about diet and exercise and sleep, I mean, those three things we talk about on the podcast all the time, 
that's really the probably the three most important things that you can do to change your health. Absolutely. And yeah. I see it every day. Yep. Right. And I, I challenge anybody that's listening, watching, um, to find a better solution to depression than exercise, period. There, there is not one. A better solution to anxiety than, than exercise. Um, so why should we... Why should we downplay those, those those treatments? And and you know what? By the way, when doctors use the well, patients don't want to exercise. That's a cop out. Mm-hmm. That's just a cop out for them to say, you know what? It's just easier for me. I'm lazy. I don't want to take the time to educate the patient, so I'm All just right. going to write another prescription. That's a cop mm-hmm. out. It is, and it's enabling bad behavior. Um, Just because you don't have the time doesn't mean you should never broach that subject. That's that's a terrible attitude to have. Um, And in fact, you know, I've I've heard doctors say this: they're not going to do it. I don't have time to do that. I'm like. So you're okay with that? I I, I I just I couldn't I could not be okay with that. It did not sit well with me. It that's why I didn't pursue, you know, the traditional practices. And I can't believe that there are doctors just continuing to be okay with that. Um, I, I don't understand that that way of thinking, and I'm glad I don't. Yeah, and I'm glad you don't either. I'm glad you got out, and you know, so we can keep good doctors like yourself at least still treating patients because so many of the good doctors will just leave medicine period and they don't they don't you know they don't even treat patients anymore so thank you for doing that and staying in and treating patients and you know what we all have choices as pharmacists as doctors we have choices and we either stay in an environment like that and be an accessory to the crime yeah i said it Mm -hmm. or we decide that we're going to do something different and educate and empower um, patients to take charge of their own health. I right. mean, that's that's really that's kind of I think why we went into to um, pharmacy or or medicine t- to begin with. Right. I mean, that certainly was the case for me. I was a dietitian before I went to medical school. Oh wow! So wow. so uh, yeah, I uh, that was my first. That was when my awakening really started happening because they were you know pushing the food pyramid at the time with you know. Um, and I was, they were telling me to tell people to eat argarine and drink diet colas. Um, and I did that. I t- actually told people yeah. to do that. And I cringe when I think about yeah, that. But, I, but I, you know, so it, know. for me, it's it's all, all of it. All of it is just, uh, in, it's part of this, this, the medical mafia. Yeah. So tell us. We we we, we label this health independence. What does health independence to you mean, Doctor? Um, it's really not being dependent upon the current system as it is, where you um, have to take pharmaceuticals or you you need this procedure or this injection. Um, you do not need that. A- a- healthcare independence for me is just uh, more self care, doing all the common sense mm-hmm. things that we know for a fact are going to uh, be beneficial for your health. And you've already mentioned three already, uh, movement and exercise on a regular basis, uh, a clean whole foods diet, sleep. Come on, people, please go to sleep. Um, And then it really comes, if those three things right there can go a long way, sometimes we have to also um, take into consideration toxin exposures. We live in a very Mm -hmm. toxic world now. It's hard to escape, but there are things you can do in your own environment to help with that process. Um, And then also 
just stress, stress management. And for me, a big part of my practice is the spiritual component. Um, I am a person of faith and have found that that has helped me tremendously in my own health journey and getting to where I am today. And have found that the patients who do um, have a a lot of faith and practice uh, and are a a spiritual person uh, do far, far better than those who don't. Amen to that. So So, you were part of a global summit just recently in in January? A global uh, say it. Virus. Say it. Yeah, a global COVID summit. <laughs> okay, all right, a global COVID summit. I, I I tell my um, podcast guests that I don't I don't censor my guests, so there are no words that we censor. I mean, that obviously goes. There's some probably words I would probably appreciate you didn't say, and so are our listeners and viewers. But um, COVID ivermectin, it's fine i'm not gonna i'm not gonna censor anybody on our podcast because i want real information to get out and um you know that's part of that's part of my goal so tell us about this world covid summit that was in arkansas correct yeah yeah the the it's the global covid summit is um People may know of Dr. Urso, Dr. Cole, Dr. Milhoin. They, they, these uh, physicians have been kind of at the forefront alongside the America's Frontline Doctors when COVID first, uh, you know, became an issue. And we were trying to get the truth out uh, and trying to challenge the narrative, which was just full of lies and misinformation and deception. And um, I was right there alongside of them Um and they they uh, they came to Little Rock to put on one of their summits. They asked me to uh, be a speaker uh, as well, which was awesome. Um, yes. uh, very honored that they would uh, allow me to speak, um, and so glad I was able to. And brought another component to uh, the table that had really not been discussed much, and that was the functional medicine approach and gut health, as far as. Uh, your propensity towards h- how severe of a case of COVID you might have, uh, even affecting the long haulers issues. And what we were finding, or at least what I was finding, was gut health was a huge part of of the picture that was not being discussed and mentioned by uh, hardly any physicians at all, other, you know, outside of functional medicine world per se. Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't our gut health 70% or 70-plus percent of our immune health? Yeah, um, some say 70, some say 75. 75% of your immune cells lie along and within your GI tract, Um, so so your GI tract is a huge part of your immune system and the microbiome, those that uh, those um, bacteria, viruses, yeasts, and um, other microbes that inhabit your colon um, is your GI microbiome. They have a huge role to play uh, directly on your immune system and your other microbiomes. You know, you, you have you have them in your lungs, your eyes, your sinuses, your urogenital tracts, and um, your skin. Our skin, you're right. actually more bacteria, you have more bacterial cells than human cells by a factor of 10. Wow. You think about that. That is amazing. Wow. So um, everybody's, you know, scared of, you know, we've become this germophobia nation and we should, we should be loving them yeah. <laughs> because we've right. evolved with them and they've been keeping us healthy for millennia. 
Yeah. And when it comes to gut health, uh, I, I tell patients all the time, it's like, look, if we don't have a healthy gut, we, there's, we're not getting the nutrients um, absorbed from our gut. We're not getting vitamins and minerals and proteins absorbed properly. If we don't have a healthy gut, we can't have a healthy body, period. No, and what you find is if your gut is unhealthy and there's a lot of inflammation there, you're going to have higher histamine levels, right, uh, which can cause all kinds of problems for people, whether it's allergies, hives, rashes, anxiety, uh, increased pain. And then, of course, your gut is uh, makes a huge – makes uh, a majority of your uh, – um, dopamine, your serotonin. These are, you know, important neurotransmitters that people associate with mental issues, but it's most of it is in your gut. So if you are having depression and anxiety and mood disorders, you might want to make sure your gut health is where it's at uh, because that can help as well. There's just so many things that I have seen, chronic issues, whatever itis it may be, just slowly starts to resolve, not even slowly, sometimes quickly starts resolving and going away forever once you address gut health. And it's not just about what you put into your mouth. Yes, your diet plays a huge role, no doubt, but there's so many other things that impact gut health as well. For sure. In fact, we should, we could talk on a podcast just on that. We should have you back on to talk just about gut health. That is, and it's a huge topic. So it, it, it would is. be multi, you know, multiple topics. It, like, right. you know, you can talk about hormones forever. I can talk yep. about gut health forever. Awesome. Well, we will have you back on. And speaking of Dr. Cole, Dr. Ryan Cole was on our podcast, oh, I think a year ago or so. And I've had the pleasure of meeting him. And I am actually going to be talking with American Frontline Physicians here Wednesday. So I'm super excited about that. Um, And I'm just super excited about physicians like yourself just uh, coming forward and, you know, being, you know, being a, a... not following the traditional narrative and whether it's on COVID or whether it's on health in general, um, you know, because we need physicians like yourself to, to speak out because it's the best thing for patients. You, we've got to start asking questions. Um, it, it's, I, I'm always astounded by people who don't seem to have the same curiosity that I do as to the why. Why are we doing this? Why does this work? Why are we not doing this? And that's, that was, that's been hard for me to see over the past two years with COVID. So many physicians not questioning what I know they, they had to think that there was something was up, but they, you know this though they a lot of them now work for corp- corporations yep. can't can't really say anything or they're going to lose their job um but for me you know unfortunately at the time i i was doing my own thing had my own practice so i could say whatever i wanted and that's probably why i have my own practice so i can <laughs> right, say what right. i want yeah. um that's me too <laughs> you know i'm just yeah i've always been the black sheep a little more outspoken than most <laughs> and had no problems ever questioning my professors um even though they would get very infuriated with me at times because i would they didn't know the answer to my questions um but but that's just always been me and and um, it's almost like I think for – and there are doctors that are waking up because they're reaching out. For sure. Yeah. They're emailing me. They're messaging me on social media. How how can I get involved with functional medicine? I know that what we're doing yep. now is not working. So there are more and more people waking up to that. It's just it, – it's, it's almost like we're going to have to have a parallel system now. And it, it's very difficult for most physicians to – 
you know, they they get paid well. Okay. Most, yeah. most physicians make very good incomes. They are rewarded handsomely for their, for their efforts at pushing pills. Um, and when you, they're, it's, when they come, the, the, the realism of doing a functional medicine practice is a little bit too much for some. Yeah. Um, you just have to look at business and health in an entirely different way. And you will take an income hit when you go that route. Um, at first, for a while, you might. For a while, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But man, you will sleep a lot better at night. Yeah, I, I, I've said it and I'll say it again. You could not pay me. Now, I'm in a different spot, spot in my career than most people. Um, but you could not pay me enough to work in, in the traditional pharmacy environment. Right. Again, you could not pay me enough. Literally, there is not enough money. I could not do it for a day. Um, it's just not worth it to me. It's not ethical, I don't think. And it's just, it. Um, yeah, I, I love what I do now. So why would I try to stress myself out doing anything like that? So, And, you know, you have to. You have to do the right thing, and, and you can never go wrong when you do the right thing. Right. And, and for the physicians who may be listening and you're worried about, well, I've got kids to put through, I've got to do this, I've got this. For me, it was really taking a—I wanted to do the right thing, but also I was being led to do that as well. God was leading me in that direction, and I will tell you this. He has done nothing but bless me by by remaining faithful to him and his purpose for my life. Um, and, and I see that now. I was even at the point where I was like, God, I will eat rice and beans and shop at TJ Maxx for the rest of my life. <laughs> not, not, any, I'm not, you know, I love TJ Maxx. Okay. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, right. I no, was right. prepared to make whatever sacrifice yep. I had to make financially just to be at peace with what I was doing. And yeah. Like I said, he's done nothing but reward me and bless me in ways I just can't even, you know, just so many ways that I would never even anticipate. Um, so, t- so tell us how people can get a hold of you. Do you do you do tele telemedicine, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. So tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Well, you can go to my website. It's amybeardmd.com. Um I can, you know, because of the telemedicine laws, practicing across state lines or what have you, um, I cannot diagnose or treat you if you live outside of Arkansas. But I can meet with you the first time to review your case and make sure that, you know, and come up with a plan of who you need to see next, what needs to be focused on. So, and then there are no uh, restraints on the health coaches. They they can see anybody from any of the uh, states. It's just, you know, because of these laws, they it's all about control, right? Yeah, so I, I have a yeah. I have an Arkansas uh, medical license so I can um, you know provide diagnoses and treatments if you live within the state of Arkansas. Um, and then of course because the 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 telemedicine laws are so different from state to state I just don't think I even want to even go there. I am considering getting a, a Colorado license just because that's where we have a we have a place out there, and um, I'm, I might go ahead and do that. Not sure though. Yeah, licensing is a is a topic for a whole other episode of a of a podcast. How how states and governments have used licenses to control people, and you know, during COVID, there's a perfect that's a perfect example of how the government has controlled 
controlled <sighs> people that are licensed with with um and it's not know. just the licensing yeah. it's the you know in some places you can't practice unless you have malpractice right and some people yeah. won't provide you malpractice unless you're board certified and right, I, right now i'm thinking i've got to redo you know i have to recertify in 2 years and i'm thinking so i'm just going to have to spend all this time learning lies <laughs> right. Exactly. And I, it is. I'm just gonna have. It, it just, is. Yeah. I'm terrified. And, <laughs> I'm like, and, what am I gonna do? Right. And certifications and initials behind people's names, in my opinion, just don't mean a lot to no. me. Um, I'll tell you who certifies me, and really who certifies everybody is I'm a big mark. I'm a big believer in the free market. Yes. And my patients and the doctors that trust me as a pharmacist, they're the ones that certify me. I don't need some board to put a rubber stamp on it and me pay them thousand dollars and say, well, yeah, look at, see, you're, you're board certified. Oh, great. No, I don't need that. My, my patients and doctors that trust me certify me. That's exactly. how I look at it. And, and yeah, I, I, it goes the same for a doctor too. In my opinion, it's like, you know, I, I would, we all pass the same test. <laughs> right. And, I I and really, it should be like any other industry. I mean, how do we find out who, you know, who's good at anything? Well, we talk to other people. And so I would ask friends and family. It's like, well, who's a good doctor? Oh, no, not that person, not that person. But we rely so much on the state and federal government's licensing and their certifications. And when, in my opinion, it doesn't mean a lot to me. It, it mean, yes, it, it means nothing to me. Um, in fact, it, I was like, I was always leery. I'm like, I'm going to lose my license. You know, this past two years, it's like, okay, when am I going to, when are they going to threaten me with my yep. license? Because <laughs> yep. I dare to prescribe ivermectin and yep. hydroxychloroquine, which is, which was weird because, you know, as a functional medicine physician, I tend to not go for pharmaceuticals right off the bat. But this was a case where I thought, okay, this is, I can probably, I can get, I can, I can do this. Uh, all the other doctors were refusing to prescribe it, yet still prescribing, right. you know, the opioids, Xanax, and uh, synthetic hormones, and everything else that they yep. had no problems prescribing. But they drew the line at ivermectin, which is <laughs> FDA approved and right safe. Um, anyway, it was it, it was quite the uh, it was ironic that I was now this the the, the main doctor prescribing these things, uh, and and I'm glad that I did. But you know. I, I was always, and I had some medical, you know, some people complained to the medical board. They basically had problems yep. with, you know, saying that I was promoting misinformation or what have you. And, yep. but I was like, take my license. I can still help people without your license. Good for you. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I Good can. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it was just, it's almost like a noose. It's almost like a noose around <laughs> your neck. Right. Right. Yeah. Because they control you that way. And I'm like, just just take it. And that way I can speak to anybody in any state once you do that. I'll just be a I'll just be a good point. One of the most highly qualified health coaches out there. Yeah, in in some ways, having a license um, restricts us. I I will tell you, as a pharmacist, I mean that that can happen sometimes because you got to be careful. I, I I'll tell you a great story. So there was as a pharmacist, I. There's certain laws. If I make up any kind of medication and anything, even vitamin C, if I put vitamin C in water and try to sell it, that is a compound. It it it's got to be. I've got to follow certain laws, and and um, it's got to be a prescription. Um, if I sell to the public, I was at a conference one time, and there was a gal right next to me, and she was making her own lip balm, and she was not a licensed professional at all. 
and she was cooking it up in her kitchen mm-hmm. and selling yeah. to other people. Mm-hmm. But I, as a pharmacist, couldn't do that. I know. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, it, 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 it actually does. It restricts us in a lot of ways. I, ha- I went through the same thing with my malpractice providers, and they, you know, because I was like, you know, guys, all I'm doing is 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 telling people to sleep, eat better, you know, all these lifestyle mm-hmm. things. Do do I need malpractice for that? They're like, right. uh, I said, can I just be a health coach? You know, can I be a health coach and then see people from anywhere in the country? And they're like, well, if you do that, we're going to, you, you're going to have to remove MD from your website, you, you know, because, oh, right. you, because you have MD behind your name, anything you say, you're saying as an MD so that they hold you to higher standards, right. but which again is all about control. Yep. It is. It is. And people like you and I don't like being controlled. You can't control me. <laughs> Good try. So as we wrap up this podcast, uh, Dr. Beard, um, what do you have a passion for? What drives you? I don't want people to go through what I went through. I don't want people to lose decades of their life to poor health when it's completely unnecessary. Right. It, that to me, you know, and I'm fine with having... It's okay that I had to go through that because I learned a lot and it's allowed me to help a lot of other people. So um, I, I don't regret that. I learned a lot and uh, that's really what motivates me. I don't want people to to lose out on all the years of good health that, that I lost out on. I love it. I love it. So, well, we will definitely have you on to talk some more specific subjects, spe- specifically gut health next. And um, I'm super excited an honor to have you on today. So thank you for educating and empowering um, our listeners and viewers, which is the goal of our podcast. Thank you so much, Dr. Beard. Oh, you're so welcome, Sean. I can't wait to have you on our podcast whenever we yeah, decide yeah. to get that started again. Yeah, please let me know. And listeners and viewers, tune in uh, Thursday. We will be, I will have Dr. Courtney Sanfelice on again. She's a pharmacist and she'll be talking about some supplements to help your immune system. So you don't want to miss out. That'll be Thursday, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. As always, our midweek podcast. And as always, check me out on our personal, my personal Facebook page and the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy uh, Facebook page and our YouTube, the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy YouTube. Don't forget about Rumble. We are not live on YouTube today because we mentioned some words that would get us banned. So check out our Rumble, the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy Rumble account. Thank you listeners and viewers for tuning in. Always a pleasure. Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Thank you. 